It's a question we have all asked ourselves at one time or another. What is my purpose in life? And while we all have many gifts and desires that are unique to us as individuals, we were all created for this one purpose, to glorify God our Father. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. So in a world focused only on self, we want to shift the paradigm to be purposeful women of God. So join us as we change our focus from me to thee. Hello and welcome to the Purposeful Women of God podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tabitha. And it is a beautiful Tuesday here. So glad y'all are joining us. We are coming off of our episode last week with our interview with Miss Kaylee. And I think everybody seemed to enjoy that episode. We have gotten so much good feedback from you guys. I know that y'all enjoyed hearing her testimony um, and so we were just so thankful that she joined us last week for yes, that episode. That was so great. So Pace went back to school last Friday. So we're already back in that rhythm. But I know right. y'all haven't got there yet. No, but you my did kids are go still out. on your last hoorah little trip over the weekend. We so did. how did that go? It was fun. We went with my mother in law and we did um Dollywood, which is in Pigeon Forge. Oh, yeah. Always love you, Pigeon Forge. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um it was very hot. But I am an amusement park junkie, so he put me on a roller coaster, and I am excited. We had a lot of fun. That's good. Um, yeah. Did y'all get any cinnamon bread while you were there? No. Oh I my kept gosh. telling Derek, I was like, I want to make sure I get some cinnamon bread. And was the line always packed, though? Because the last couple of times I've been, I was not standing in that line. And I'm well, like, really? Like, I didn't even find where it was, I'll be honest. <laughs> I get it's in so like, big. like it's I get in like amusement park mode and yeah. I'm like, okay, we've got to ride this ride and we've got to ride that ride. And I was just pulling everybody along and I've learned um, now it's over close to the train. Well see, I I've ne- learned that. We never found where the train oh, was. Okay. Well then no wonder you didn't get any <laughs> I know, cinnamon bread. I know. That's we, so funny. We had a lot of fun though. Um my kid my big kids have finally gotten to the point that they like to ride oh, roller coasters yeah. now. So they'll I'll be hop glad on when I me. get to that point. Yeah. I have so, nobody to ride with now. And Derek, he um is not a big fan of rides. He'll Derek's ride not. some, but then mm-hmm. at the end of the day he's like or yep. middle of the day, I should say. <laughs> He's over it. So he would take the little guys and go do some little indoor shows and things yeah. like that with my mother-in-law. And so me and Maddie and Landon, we would just hop on all the roller coasters. So we had a good time. It was fun. It was a nice nice little getaway before school starts. So we yeah. just have a few more days. And I say y'all start in a few days, right? Yeah. And then we'll be back in our, our routine, routine again. Routine, yes. We're looking forward to that, too. We were just talking before we started recording that mm-hmm. I love summer. I love the loose schedule, I guess, but we are ready for a routine to begin again. Yes, most definitely. So I was a little sad when I dropped Pace off Friday, but I started walking with mom in the mornings. Like I'll drop him off and then I meet mom right at her house and we've just been walking her driveway because, you know, it's long. And so I've been doing that and it's just getting back into that. I'm like, okay, I can do this. It's going to be, it's going to be good. It'll be good. Yes. We've also been a big blubbering mess here in the studio this morning, just reflecting on (laughs) all that God has done and just how several months ago we started this podcast and just the things that God has done and the people he's brought back in our path that maybe we met years ago Mm -hmm. um, who have listened in and just we've been able to reconnect with some of those people. It's just been such a blessing from God. And so we just want to thank all of you. I know we say it a lot. We really appreciate our listeners, but 
We really do. No, we, we do. Really do. I mean, we couldn't do this without all of you listening and supporting us. And yeah, we, I don't know, we had to uh, get ourselves back in control just to hit the record button. I said, yeah. we can't be crying when we start <laughs> this episode. So, yes. So two weeks ago, we talked about a healthy spirit and touched on the fruit of the spirit. But today we're going to begin a series completely dedicated to the fruit of the spirit. And we had put out a poll yes. a while back about you know, what would you guys like for us to cover? And Fruit of the Spirit was one of them. And so we're finally diving into that. Um, There's so much that we can say about each of the attributes listed. So we're going to just do a deep dive into each fruit that Paul mentions in Galatians 5. But first, Ashley, let's just begin reading the scripture again from Galatians 5. Yep. So Galatians 5, 22 through 28 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. So you're probably going to be really tired of me at the end of this series because every time I sit down to like type something up or to do some research, the song from when I was a kid of the fruit of the spirit. I don't know it. You don't know it. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Like no, I don't know it just that. just comes into my head. We need to so. do that in a children's church thing or something. I know. I know. So it sticks in my head. But that also makes me think, like, what is your favorite song about love? Oh, Can you think man. of one? Um, what's yours? It's... <laughs> What's love oh, got, got to, to do, do, got to do with it? I'm snapping over here. Like, I really yeah. say that's just what <laughs> comes into my mind when I think about that. So. Oh, yeah. I, yes, I love that song. Yeah, Tina Turner. I, yeah, I also think about, because um, we listen to Frozen all the time, love is an open door. I'm not going to hit that note. <laughs> yes. I can't hit that note. So. <laughs> love it. That is so funny. Um, so we're going to begin today with studying the word love out of this list. But before we do, let's give some context from this scripture. All right. So Galatians is written by Paul and Paul wrote to the church at Galatia to teach the distinction between law and grace. So he had come to Galatia and he had taught them about grace when he planted this church. He based the church on the foundation of the gospel of Christ. But then Judaizers came behind Paul, reteaching the law. And Galatians 5.1 lets us know that we are no longer bound by the law. It says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. But we should be walking in the Spirit. And if we are, then these things that Ashley already read about are going to be evident in our lives. Love, joy, peace, and so on. Yeah, and remember, this is just off the heels of Paul talking about the works of the flesh. And if we're living after the flesh, these are the things that will be evident in our lives. Envying, sexual immorality, hate, and we could just go... On yeah, and there's on a and whole on. list right there. So the fruit of the Spirit is not something that comes natural to our human nature. Galatians gives us a list of what is natural to our flesh, like what Ashley was just yeah. talking about. But in contrast, it also goes on to give us a list of what is natural to the Spirit, which is what we're going to be talking about. 
And if you're saved, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. As we have said time and time again, he is working through you. And if you are walking in the spirit, being obedient to God, then the fruit that is listed here should flow from you. Fruit of the spirit are gifted to every Christian upon salvation. And that is different from gifts of the spirit, which are, you know, different in each individual, such as your gift of teaching, pastoring, administration, hospitality, all of those things. Right. So let's begin today by discussing biblical love in the context of this verse. So there are four types of love mentioned in the Bible. And so we're going to test my knowledge on Greek and how to pronounce this. So eros is a romantic love. It's an intense, a sexual desire for someone. Um, Storge is a family love, which would be like a mom to her children or children to moms and dads. Philia is brotherly love. It's affection. It's towards our friends. And then there's agape love, which is God's divine love. It's an unconditional love, a sacrificial love. And so what type of love is Paul talking about here? The word love in this verse of scripture is translated from the Greek word agape, God's unconditional sacrificial love. So before we talk about what love is, let's just talk for a minute about about what love isn't. So in many of our episodes, we reflect back on Genesis 3 when Eve was deceived, but there is so much that we can learn from her sin here. For a more in-depth study, go all the way back to our first episode, but how was she deceived? Was it a blatant lie, or did he take something that sounded really good and put a little twist on God's words? So remember, Satan doesn't deceive us by dangling rotten fruit. No, we wouldn't be fooled by that, but he puts things in front of us that are almost right. They sound really good, things that have a kernel of truth in them, but ultimately, they miss the mark of what truth really is. So the first counterfeit love that we're going to talk about is a phrase that we hear so many times in our society. Love is love. Please don't say that. (laughs) It sounds right. It sounds good, right? (sighs) Everyone loves love. Mm -hmm. So what could be wrong with this catchphrase? But in comparison to what God's word says, it sounds good, but it is causing so much deception in our world today. It blatantly contradicts what God's word says. So Ashley, read 1 John four sixteen, And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. All right, did you catch that? Yeah. Very similar catchphrase, but what does God's word said? Not love is love, but... No. God is love. God is love. Mm-hmm. So our world is holding on to this phrase that is almost right. Remember, that is how Satan deceived Eve. But love isn't love. Okay, now I'm just going to give you a little tidbit from my English class back in high school, is you can't give a definition using the word. That's right. Don't you remember hearing that when you were in school? Oh, many times. (laughs) Yeah, but then... And it's almost like catchphrase. I mean, you can't play catchphrase. You can't say the word. You can't say the word. (laughs) Um, Honestly, it really doesn't make sense. Love is love. There has to be a definition for it. But then secondly, no one would want to support the meaning behind love is love, which is anything but an attribute of the fruit of the Spirit. In fact, if we think about what that simple catchphrase implies, all right, Mm -hmm. so if we're getting to the meat of this and we're Mm -hmm. digging deeper into what that really means, it would say, I want what I want. I want intimacy with whoever 
or whatever I want intimacy with when I want it. In fact, it's the opposite of the fruit of the spirit. It's more in line with the lust of the flesh, which would lead to adultery, fornication, lasciviousness, uncleanness. Remember all of those things that we have talked about before. So many Christians are lining up to support love is love. But when you actually think about what it means, it becomes clear that it is an almost truth, but a deception from the devil. And it's very subtle. And so a lot of times we're missing it. Yep, you're right. And another one that we often hear, love yourself, right? Yes. More self-love. Sounds really good, right? I'm feeling down. I hate the way I look. I'm exhausted. I work so hard. No one appreciates me. Well, just love yourself, you know? Don't depend on anyone else. You know, I think about... You go work that job. You go buy that outfit. You go yeah. buy that car. You go If it makes you feel good, you do it. You do it, yeah. right? But the truth is that nowhere in the Bible does it tell us that we just need to love ourselves more. Have you, I mean, nowhere. Yeah. In fact, the reason why we have those feelings about ourselves is because we already love ourselves a lot. A lot. <laughs> yes. I always go back to the episode that we had when Erin and then we're in the studio. I love some me, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, and the Bible tells us in Galatians 5.14, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Well, and that makes me think, um, I found this quote the other day from an article is titled This Day with the Master. And it said, Satan disguises submission to himself under the ruse of personal autonomy. He never asked us to become his servants. If you think about that, even mm-hmm, back in Eve, true. he didn't ask her to become his servant. Never once did no. the serpent say to Eve, I want to be your master. The shift in commitment is never from Christ to evil. It is always from Christ to self. Yeah, and instead right. of his will, self-interest now rules and what I want reigns. And that is the essence of sin. And if you think back to both of these, love is love love yourself more, it is always about our self-interest. It's not about pointing to the creator and the one who is love, That's God. Right. In Matthew twenty-two thirty-six through 40, it says, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is likened to it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. It reminded me of a book that I read, um, Allie Beth Stuckey's book, You're Not Enough and That's Okay. She says that this way of thinking tells us if we don't first love ourselves well, then the love we give other people won't be good either. She goes on to say Jesus's command to love others as we love ourselves is not a command to love ourselves. As you love yourselves assumes self-love. Because Jesus, who created us, knows self-love is innate. That is automatically inside of us. Right. We are born to love ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, I think about, you know, you can look at this situation and say, well, if someone is self-harming or if someone is hurting their self because they hate themselves so much, it's actually a toxic form of love. Oh, Yeah. You know, you think of an abuser, you know, like they may abuse someone. They still love that person. Right. 
they're just wanting control over that person. And so we have to think. Because they love themselves. Yes. You know, more exactly. So person. when we think about like trying to love ourselves more, it's actually the opposite. We yeah. need to quit loving ourselves so much That's right. and focus on number one, what was that first commandment? To love who? God, of course. Yes. And then that second commandment is to love our neighbor. Yes, it's not to love ourselves. No. That's already inside of us. We already do that. It's to love God and it's to love our neighbor. And it's why we take care of ourselves. And even sometimes it's why we don't take care of ourselves. At times, our self-loathing is a sick form of self-love. Yeah. Mm. And I think, you know, society tells us that it's not. It's because we hate ourselves so much. But yeah. we need to really shift that. Right. Remember, we're shifting the paradigm on what That's we're right. being taught yep. in culture. It's really a toxic form of, of self-love. self-love. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And we've talked about what real love isn't a little earlier on. So now let's look at what true love is. So we'll see in 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 10, the Bible gives the definition of love in this scripture. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. And 1 Corinthians thirteen thirteen tells us, And now abideth faith, hope, charity these three but the greatest of these is charity which is love yes so that's what i want to bring out is that we read from the king james version and that interprets the greek word agape as charity Mm -hmm. which often i've heard is love Love. in action but in its original text it is the same word agape that is used in galatians 5 so as we talk about it We'll be interpreting it as love just for the simplicity of it. But every time that charity is mentioned in this verse, it is from its original agape. And remember that word agape is God's perfect love, that sacrificial love. From gotquestions.org, it says, The true love of the Bible is not merely emotional. It is a daily choice and a series of selfless actions. 1 Corinthians 13 lists qualities of love, and nothing on the list, patience, kindness, perseverance, etc., happens without conscious effort. Biblical love is work and is not always accompanied by the gooey sweetness many people associate with love. Jesus certainly didn't experience happy, fuzzy feelings as he carried out the, the ultimate display of love on the cross. Romans 5.8 
But God commandeth his love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We often believe that love is a feeling like butterflies in our stomach, you know, when you first see somebody. But it's so much more than that. We're even used to throwing around the word love so often. I love the beach. I love Dr. Pepper. (laughs) That's my favorite. That's my favorite. (laughs) But the truth is nothing compares to the love that God shows us and has shown us by giving his son Jesus as a sacrifice for our sin to bring us salvation. It's the ultimate love. So let's break this passage down in 1 Corinthians 13. I can prophesy. I can speak in tongues. I can move mountains. I can have strong faith. I can do great and mighty things. But if I don't have love, I'm nothing. That's a strong statement. You know, as I was reading that, I thought, how often do you think even as Christians, we miss the mark on this? A lot. Yeah, I mean, we, we're lot. well-meaning. We do mm-hmm. great things in the name of Jesus. You know, we go to church every Sunday. We teach Sunday school. We do all of these things, and I can get caught up in well-doing. But if I don't have love, it's all for naught. That's right. I can sell all my earthly goods. I can give it to the poor. I can give up my life. But if I don't have love, it means nothing. Yeah, like you said, it's God sees your heart and why you do everything. And if it's not in love, you're doing those things. It means nothing. It means nothing. So what is real love like? Real love is patient. It is kind. It doesn't envy. It's not all about itself. It doesn't seek its own way. And we see in verse 5 that it says, Love doesn't rejoice in sin, but in truth. And I think this is an important point to make because we're being conditioned in society today, and I think we always have really, into believing that if we do not affirm the sin of others, then we do not love them. But Mm -hmm. that's not what this scripture tells us. It's the opposite of that. Truth and love go hand in hand. Absolutely. But let's also keep in mind that love is not being a doormat. Yeah. It can come with consequences to decisions. So God is love, right? Mm -hmm. But he is also wrath when it comes to sin. God is love, but he still gets angry at sin. God is love, but he still reproves us and he chastises us. It's because he loves us that he wants to protect us and refine us just as we do our own children. We often have a distorted version of love that because I love you, I have to accept everything that you do. But that is just not true. And that's not the character of God. That's right. And when we distort that version of love, ultimately we're saying that we believe we love better than God does. Mm -hmm. And that is a strong statement to make. And that is not true because it's impossible because God is love. Yeah, so true. And, you know, I just finished up reading Exodus and I remember when, you know, Moses went up um, on Mount Sinai and he was talking to God. And while he was up there, Aaron, who he had pointed to be one of the great priests, was down there with the people, and they were so tired mm-hmm. of waiting on Moses that what did they do? They wanted a God. Yeah. Right? And so Aaron was like, well, bring me all your gold earrings. And, and yeah. he threw them in the fire and formed this golden image, calf, whatever right. it was. And here they are worshiping that. God sees that as yes. he was talking to Moses on Mount Sinai. And what does he say? Do you remember? He says he 
he wants to kill them all. Yeah. I mean, that's really what <laughs> he And Moses says. pleaded for their lives, yes. didn't he? And that how it went. Yeah. yeah, he did. But we, but you hear everybody, oh, God is love. And God is love. And, and he is. And that he is, is true. God is love. But he's so much more than that. But he's so much more. And, and he does not like sin. And they were worshiping this golden. And it upset him. And it made him angry. Yeah. And he said, I just want to kill them all, you know? Well, and throughout the entire Old Testament, oh, you yeah. see, it, it was just, there were mountaintops ex- experiences where yeah. God was providing for them, and they were all happy, That's and they right. were serving the Lord. The whole and then, time. Yeah. Then they would feel like God wasn't there. there, And so then they'd start, just like in that verse of Scripture, they would start worshiping something else, and God would get angry with them, yeah. and then... God would end up delivering them, he, and it was just this constant But battle. he did. He kept delivering. And you know, yeah. and I saw because that. Because that's his love. That's his love. Even yeah. though they constantly sin, and we constantly sin, he still loves us. But they still had to face the, the consequences, consequences of their choices. Of their sin and of their choices. Yeah, most definitely. And you know, it's just like, I love my kids. But if I see something that they're doing that's going to harm them or that doesn't benefit them as their parent... I'll punish them. Like, right. that's my job so that they can learn that there is consequences to what they're doing. It's not because I hate them. It's because I love them. You know, I'll teach them and train them up in the truth of God's word and not support bad decisions. I'll always love them. And because of the love I have for them, I will tell them the truth. Yeah, that's our they responsibility. Like it, you know? Yeah. And, you know, that's even our responsibility as maybe seasoned Christians to... Yeah new, immature Christians yeah. who may not realize that the things that they're doing will bring sin into their life or distress yeah. into their life, but helping them to recognize that their decisions will bring consequences. And because we love them, I got to tell you the truth. It's why yeah. we talked about um, the wrong types of love at right. the beginning of this. It's yeah. because I love this audience that's listening, and I recognize that many of them are being deceived by something that sounds almost right. right but it's wrong and it's contradictory to god's word and and in today's society it is so wrong for everybody even so-called christians it's so wrong to call out sin right like how wrong is it in today's society to call out sin and it's like oh you shouldn't judge anybody god mm-hmm. says don't judge and you shouldn't right. say anything to anybody you've you've committed your own sins right you know who right. are you to tell me But God tells us that we can judge a tree by the fruit it bears. And Mm -hmm. as a seasoned Christian, it is our job. If we see someone that is younger than us, someone, you know, somebody that we know, someone in the church, to just kind of pull them aside and be like, hey, look, give them spiritual advice and spiritual guidance. And it all comes down to our love. Yes, our motivation behind it. You know, why are we doing what we're doing? Is it just to... Point out what Point they're out doing their wrong. Sin. No, no, it's because we love them and we, do we it see a love. path that you're yeah. taking, and we want you to come back to the Lord. That's right. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull you aside, mm-hmm. and and I think also even as Christians, sometimes we take that to the other side. We want to tell the truth. Yeah. So we'll blast things on social media. Oh, you know, no, you shouldn't be do doing this. You shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> yeah. And then that causes a firestorm, but it wasn't done out of love. That's right. And what You're does right. the Bible say? If it's if it's not, not done out of love, love, it means nothing. It's for not. I can't reach someone if my vo- motivation is not love. That's right. So, and I think if, if the correction is done in love... They may not take it that way. The person that you're coming to right. and you're trying to say, hey, look... 
I know you might not like this, but I'm just trying to help you. And they may not see that it's done in love, but if you did it in love, God knows. And he knows your heart. He knows our hearts more than anyone does. And, you know, he can use that. It may not change what they're doing at that moment, but it could be something that they remember, you know, weeks, months, years down the road that, hey, I remember that person who shared the truth with me Mm -hmm. because I think they cared about me. That's right. They love me. Because they love me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's not by chance also that love was mentioned first in the fruit of the spirit. And so as we go on and we talk about the different types of fruit, if you find yourself struggling in other aspects of the spirit, it could be that you're ultimately struggling with love because they all branch from it. That's right. God is love. And then that final piece of scripture that Ashley read in 1 Corinthians 13 and now abideth faith, hope, love. These three, but what's the greatest? Greatest is it's love. love. It's yeah. love. So what's the purpose for all of this today? As Christians, what are we called to do? We're called to love. Jesus tells us it's the greatest commandment. Love the Lord and love other people. It's so important that if we're not loving well, then our well-doings mean absolutely nothing. So Today is to serve as a reminder for all of us to check our motivation. Why are we doing what we're doing? Is it out of obligation or is it out of love? Is it for a pat on the back or is it out of love? And so I think that's what, you know, the purpose is for this teaching today is just to remind us, like, we can disagree with people, but in how we approach them, is it out of love or is it just out of wanting to be right or condemn someone? And look, in today's society, sometimes it's hard to react yeah. with love all the time, mm-hmm. right? I mean, how many situations are you in? I'll be honest with you. The road rage these days <laughs> is insane. Yeah. I, I mean, somebody will do something wrong, but they'll turn around and flip you a bird in a heartbeat. Yeah. And you're like, what? What did I just what do? What did I do? Yeah. But you know, it's how you react. What if you, what if right. somebody did pull out in front of you? Or what if somebody did something that you don't like? How did you react to that? Yeah. You know, what did you do? You know, and I, we were talking earlier that I'm reading out of Ezekiel and it just reminds me that, you know, a lot of times when Israel were falling away from God, it was because they didn't have a good leader shepherding them. Right. And what is a good shepherd? It's patient. Patient. It's kind, you know, and I've even had to do a heart check myself this week with my kids. I shared with Ashley earlier. I, I have, You know, we're at the end of summer. Our schedule has gotten very loose. We've had a couple of issues with just some behavioral things across the board and just trying to figure out how to navigate that. And in my flesh, I want to get angry and I want to just jump on them. And why did you do this? But then I was reminded, like in Ezekiel, as you know, God was saying they were like a sheep with no shepherd. Right. And God has entrusted our children especially. But then if you are you know, over a Sunday school class or whatever, you know, even though you may have a pastor who is your shepherd, he's given you though a place to help shepherd people. That's right. And it's being patient. It's being kind. It's, I know that my kids are still going to talk back to me. They're not going to get that right every time, but they will have to face consequences for that. But what is my motivation in trying to teach them? Am I loving them? Am I being gentle? Am I being patient? Am I being kind? Am I doing all of those things to help lead them through to change that behavior and, and 
ultimately lead them to God, to the great yeah. um, shepherd, to the best shepherd that there that's is, right. you know. And I think, man, that's such a good thing to just think about. I think all of our listeners are really at that age where you can kind of look at your life and be like, am I that good shepherd? Yeah. Whether you still have kids at home or not, people are still looking at you. Yeah. People are still following you. And are you being that good shepherd? So Tapta, what is the challenge for us this week? Well, we talked about how we throw the word love around a lot, but are we truly loving with a sacrificial love? You know, that's the type of love that we talked about today, that agape love. If you find yourself this week feeling down, focused on how bad you have it, um, do the opposite of what our tendency is, which is to wallow in self-pity. And oh, my goodness, me. as I was writing <laughs> this this week and thinking about this, it was like the Lord just was stepping all over my toes, you know. <laughs> But find a way to serve someone in love. And I can almost guarantee you that your doom and gloom attitude will dissipate. Especially as Christians, I think also that our service to the church can become just that, a service. And we forget the love part. Make it a point to serve with love at the forefront and see how God transforms your attitude of why you are doing what you do. Yeah, I like that. But love first. Love first, yes. Love for, not love for yourself. Love for others. Right. First. <laughs> God, um, then others. Yes. God, <laughs> God, then others. And then yourself somewhere down in there. I don't yeah. know. Um, well, Tabitha, I think this has just been a great episode. And will you just close us out in the word of prayer? Absolutely. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just come to you today. We just thank you, God, that you are love. And you set the example for us by sending your son Jesus to die on a cross for us, all because you love us. And we see time and time again, as we talked about in God's word, about how, you know, as we sin and as we stray away, it's because of your love for us that you lead us back to you. And I just thank you for that. I thank you for being patient and kind with us. And may we show that to others as we go out this next week and our interaction with each other, that we would allow love to be our motivation for everything. God, we love you. We thank you for all that you've done. Be with each listener as we leave. Um, this session today and close out, Lord, that they would just allow love to lead them. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. We most certainly love all of our listeners. We couldn't do this without you. Make sure you tune in next week as we continue the study on the fruit of the Spirit. Remember, a sincere desire to become purposeful women of God starts with changing focus from me to thee. God bless from our hearts to yours. See ya. Bye.